0: Let's talk about trust. Now, we're gonna talk about trust in a different lens than you may expect or anticipate, but play with me for a second if you will. How easy is it for you to trust other people on a one to 10 scale where one is 0% and 10 is 100%? How easy is it for you to trust those people you know nothing about? Now, if you're a bit more analytical and need to really understand this trust scale that I'm sharing with you, I want you to consider this. So, a 10, 100% trusting of someone, would mean that you are an exceptionally trusting person who readily accepts people for who they are. It's not in their nature to question the motivation of others. That's the top of the scale. Now, the bottom of the scale, low trust, a score of one, would be someone who's a suspicious person who questions others' motives, always on guard, defensive, and believes others are against them. Now, what number would you say you are? On this one to 10 scale, how easy is it for you to trust people? Welcome back to The Liz Show. Today, we are talking about the correlation between trust and pessimism and optimism. My name's Elizabeth Lewis. By all means, call me Liz, and I'm so excited to share today's episode. And by the way, if you like this episode or just get one gem of wisdom, please go ahead and give my show five stars on Apple. It would mean the world to me. And share this episode with one person. Okay, coming back to the show. Did you know trust and optimism are linked? I kind of alluded to that in the introduction there. But did you know that? Because when I learned this, I was like, whoa, that's so cool. So here's the thing. The easier it is for you to trust, the more optimistic you are. Just like the harder it is for you to trust, the more pessimistic you are. Kind of might not make sense, depending on how much you understand about trust and optimism. So I'm going to explain it in a little bit. Now, I was someone who was once mentally tortured by pessimism, by tremendous self-doubt, inferiority, and negative core beliefs. And today, I'm free from that mental torture. I find being optimistic incredibly easier, less stressful, and actually, it takes a lot less effort, which might be counterintuitive to some. So here's the thing there is a connection to pessimism and low trust. And this might sound really insensitive, but just give me some grace. Okay. I think you and I could agree that at times life is hard and sucks and is tough, right? And I tell my clients, toughen up buttercup. So here's the insensitive part. Someone has hurt you in the past. Let me emphasize that. Somebody's hurt you in the past. And this has influenced you to develop a deep rooted belief that's more likely unconscious that people are against you and you cannot trust anyone. Have you been here? Well, to be blunt, get in line. Who hasn't been betrayed? Who hasn't been victimized? But my question for you is why hold on to it? Slight tangent here. Maybe in the future I'll do an episode about memory and connecting it to the Bible. God is constantly telling us, especially in the book of Isaiah, to just let go of the past, to leave it in the past, move forward. And memory is kind of interesting. You actually don't remember things correctly. You remember it based off of how you last remembered it. And you have to remember your self-esteem and where you're, what you're feeling about in life. That's all going to play a role into it. You know, Rafiki, the monkey in Lion King, I think his name's Rafiki. Um, If not, I just renamed him. He says something that is so wise. I'll be honest, while it's very wise, it's also super obnoxious. It's one of those things. And the other day, actually yesterday, my boyfriend said this to me because I was in the midst of being persecuted And um, I wasn't really finding it very enjoyable. And I was having a hard time, like, letting it go. Because sometimes I can be overly analytical and really want to understand, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is, what have I triggered in you for you to do this? But nonetheless, this is what Rafiki says. And it's so brilliant about the past and past memories. There's a scene where Rafiki and Simba, adult Simba, are in the fields. They're talking. Um, Simba is about referring to how he's got to go and face his past, and he's been running from it. And all of a sudden, Rafiki hits him in the head. And he goes, ah, what was that for? And he goes, it's in the best. It doesn't matter. And then Simba goes, it still hurts, though. And Rafiki goes, oh, yes, the past can hurt. But from the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. And while it's so true, do you also see how it's kind of annoying? Because... It is true, right? Like, you have to let the past be in the past. You have to let it be water under the bridge, right? So you can't take time to figure out what molecule goes to what part of your past. It's just, it's in the past. You've got to learn from it. You've got to move forward. And it's so true when you realize this, because if you hold on to the past, you're going to end up hurting yourself way more than you really need to at the end of the day. So there's my question. Why hold on to the past? Now, to be clear, the part I find annoying about what Rafiki tells us, while it's brilliantly true, is it's hard to do, even though it's extremely simple. I'm a big proponent of talking to a therapist, talking to a friend, talking to your partner, talking to your spouse, talking to somebody who is high in empathy and warmth and um, just authenticity so that you can process what has happened, because it's going to be important at times to process the pain of life at the end of the day. But here's the thing you know, you've been victimized, you've been betrayed. Why let them have the power to hurt you even more by taking away an optimistic perspective from you? It's easy to allow people to take more than they originally wanted to take in the first place. I noticed when I was struggling with some of my realities of life from growing up um, just in a traumatic situation that I would let people hurt me more than they really needed to hurt me. And it's so important that you realize you have power over that. Again, being victimized can significantly hinder your belief in humanity. It's extremely easy to transfer your victimization to everyone, believing everyone will ultimately hurt you or screw you over. When someone has been victimized, it's easy to allow them to take more than they initially wanted, right? But you don't have to give them anything or let them or even let their their actions impact you to that degree. I see this all the time, especially with younger kids where, you know, they're going through a breakup, so they start to overdrink or smoke cigarettes or do other behaviors that are, I'd argue, toxic to cope with the pain. And I understand we all have to learn healthy coping mechanisms when we do experience hardship, but don't hurt yourself more because somebody has hurt you, right? And I'm learning that people who sometimes struggle with inferiority complexes or imposter syndrome are just known for self-punishment. And so they'll spend time punishing themselves more after somebody has hurt them or when they feel like they've messed up. So here's what I'd rather you consider, They hurt you. That stinks. Like, it truly sucks. But what if you took a proactive approach and recognized the power within your control instead of allowing it to freeze you in time and make you feel helpless and stuck in life? What's in your control, you ask? That is a great question. I am so happy you asked. How you perceive the situation is in your control. How you respond or react is in your control. Ultimately, you can only control you, and that is extremely important to remember. Choose to perceive the situation where someone broke your trust in a more positive, hopeful, and optimistic light. You have this ability. Also consider responding to the breach in the relationship instead of reacting to it. Usually, the breach of trust has less to do with you and more with the person who broke your trust. For instance, an optimist might say, "Ugh, well, this stinks, but I believe this was the exception to the rule. I'm confident I can trust people and I'm going to trust God to redeem the situation. I know that by learning from the situation and applying these learnings, I won't fall prey to the situation again. Ultimately, an optimist is going to choose to see that better things are coming, they're going to hold on to hope, they're really going to trust God and have faith in that situation, and they're going to learn from it just like Rafiki tells us to. Ultimately, you've got to be thankful that you've learned because you're never going to have life perfectly done. We're always learning. We're always evolving. And these hardships teach you to be more strategic with your approach moving forward. Optimists believe that in time, they will be successful and achieve their goals through hard work by improving, implementing their applied effort, right? That's why we say, hey, improve your effort 1% more every single day. But maybe you're like, well, what if I can't shake that foolish feeling? I get it, right? Like, that's what I was struggling with last night when I was... Processing being persecuted. And by the way, there are so many amazing verses about being persecuted. You really need to rejoice. Unfortunately, I didn't do that yesterday because I was so blindsided by the fact that there's people out there that still do this. It's just it's just shocking to me, to be completely honest. I don't know why, but it is. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do when you can't shake that foolish feeling. Maybe someone proved to be untrusting and you feel like a fool. I think we've all been there. I get it, right? But take a step back and let's challenge this belief or feeling of I'm a fool for trusting you. Do you really consider yourself foolish for placing trust in someone when at the time of trusting them, you had absolutely no reason to doubt them? Remember, trusting a person shows your strength and your positive attributes. That's powerful especially if you seek to be more like Christ and a better person. That's so powerful. Someone who proves themselves to be untrustworthy, honestly, it's not your problem. It's their problem. Of course, I mean, this is where we got to put caution signs out and warning signs out. Be more mindful of this truth moving forward, especially when you're dealing with that person if you have to deal with them again or with similar personality traits or in similar situations, right? learn from it. We're always going to be learning. And this is why that growth mindset is so powerful and why you've got to pull out those toxic mindsets, right? They're going to destroy your mental garden. Learn from it, learn from it, learn from it. But don't get to the point where you become paranoid. A lot of things can sometimes be a little like the Goldilocks syndrome. You got to get it just right. And it takes practice. It takes effort. It takes willingness to fail, if you will. But in my world, failure means you've stopped and you've quit. Just because one person breached your trust does not mean everyone else will be. So be mindful of the all or nothing thinking, the magnifying thoughts, the overgeneralization thoughts, or any other thinking trap tendencies that you might be more prone to. We all know, I think in 2023, that the battle is really in your mind. So self-talk is going to be key to overcoming this foolish feeling, if you will especially when your self-talk partners with positive faith-filled thinking. That's going to be really, really rich at the end of the day. Now, again, I have a free quiz on what thinking trap is limiting your performance. I encourage you to take it. It's like five minutes or less, and it's going to score you in 17 of the most common thinking traps. Remember, 95% of our thoughts are the same every single day. So this assessment really allows you to get ahead of those doom and gloom thinking. Now, there is power with partnering Jesus Christ. I know I have some secular listeners. I hope I haven't turned you off. Jesus is amazing, and I know it's a taboo thing to say in today's world, but I'm going to talk about him because he radically changed my life. I've seen him radically change other people's lives. It's just insane, the power of Christ. He will redeem all Things. In fact, if you turn to Romans eight twenty eight, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So one thing that you can do, which I really, really encourage, is trust God to redeem what was lost in his time. Very important, his time, not your time. Now, you can also consider letting it go, as Rafiki tells us and how um, Frozen Princess tells us, whatever her name is. Uh, Over the decade of working with people as their coach, I've learned many people get hurt by someone and then never forgive that person. And instead, they over-personalize the breach in trust. And then they transfer that experience to everyone they, they interact with. Remember, personalization is also a thinking trap and so then what happens is this doom and gloom thinking comes around and it tells them you can't trust anyone right it's like this doom and gloom i can't trust anyone gremlin that is constantly in their ear but let's take a time out right there is that really true you can't trust anyone or is that a bit dramatic if not extremely dramatic Personally, I'm going to say it's extremely dramatic. I understand why. Look, I've been there, so no judgments. I get it. You're hurt and you're trying to protect yourself, but let's be really honest. I'm sure there's people you can trust in your life. I'm 100% confident about it. In fact, if you're struggling to trust people, I want you to take a second and list out the people you do trust and spend time focusing on these individuals more than those who have hurt you. Remember, the brain is going to magnify whatever you focus on. So you choose what you focus on. At some point, you got to just stop feeding the dominant thought and perspective that says, I can't trust anyone and start feeding the thoughts that say, I can trust people and I can trust God even more. So I'm going to be like Christ in all things because I know God's got my back, right? Can I get an amen? Because I felt like that was a good amen moment. Now, lastly, and this might just sound too, too crazy for some people. Of course, I'm kidding. What if you forgave them and believe that great things are coming? The truth is, and this is so, so true, we all hurt people. Some people hurt others more than others, right? I think it's a continuum, a spectrum, you could say. It takes time for some people to grow in wisdom and become more intentional with their agreements, choices, and wording. It's all a process of learning. But consider this. Why does the person who hurt you get to hurt you more by taking away a hopeful perspective about your future? The truth is you have power over what they take from you. Don't let them have more power than you might already be giving or agreeing to them. Choose to see that there are more trustworthy than untrustworthy people worldwide. Now, yes, be strategic and wise regarding whom you trust, Learn the skills of wisdom and discernment. It's so important that you do that. By the way, the book of James, brilliant book for some wisdom as well as Proverbs. But in short, the low trust person has developed a touch of the victim or helpless mentality and in time is gonna greatly struggle with bitterness if they don't do the work to learn how to forgive. Because here's the thing, this is what cracks me up about some of the things that I deal with. And again, I'm guilty of some of this stuff too. So no means am I perfect. If you're gonna have people in your life You're going to have people problems. It's a guarantee. If you're going to have people in your life, people are going to hurt you just like you're going to hurt people. So if you're going to be bitter that somebody's hurt you and then you hurt someone else and you want someone else's forgiveness, but you're not going to forgive that other person, you are a hypocrite. Okay? Hypocrite. I'm just the messenger here. If you don't like it, talk to God about it. Now, circling back to bitterness. If you don't learn how to forgive and you struggle with bitterness, it will destroy your life quickly. Bitterness, rejection, and envy and jealousy are the three mindsets that will destroy you the fastest. Now the severity of this mentality of low trust which means high pessimism, is going to depend on other traits like low self-confidence, conscientiousness, responsibility, coachability, composure, and a few others. But isn't that also a very limited and depressing perspective? I'm bitter. I don't trust you. I'm going to be victim and helpless mentality. Everything's going to be woe with me. I mean, that's exhausting, and I lived there once. I totally had a victim mentality once. In fact, I have a book about it called The Victor Transformation, where you turn that victim mindset into a victorious mindset through the power of Jesus Christ. Not every human on earth should, needs, or can be trusted. That is is very true. I also don't think you can always tell who you can or can't trust. I mean, some people are great liars. Some people are wolves in sheep or sheepdog clothing. But instead of kicking yourself or getting butt hurt, you gotta learn from it, you gotta move on. Life will move forward anyways, might as well join it, right? Are you hearing the themes? Hold on to hope, learn from it, move forward, let it go, right? It's amazing how many storylines Disney comes up with because of these simple but hard to grasp truths. Now personally, and I hope, really do hope this gives you some hope, I don't believe humans have the final say. I believe God has the final say. What do you believe? Now, I'm a very intuitive person. It's really not difficult for me to understand a person's real motives. I can get it more times than not. And to be extremely humble, this is just a gift the Lord has blessed me with. However, I don't believe I need to protect myself like some humans with low trust do. I've learned to work through that. I've learned really to trust God more than anything. If someone takes advantage of me, okay, cool. It happened. I'll learn from it. But I'll also trust God to redeem what was taken from me. I don't blame myself. I don't beat myself up. I don't condemn myself. The devil wants me to do that, but I really would rather obey God. And God says, hey, look, Jesus paid the price of shame. Let it go. So on days where it's really difficult for me, like, for instance, when I was getting persecuted the other day, I just spend more time in prayer. And I definitely pray for the person persecuting me and their family because, goodness gracious, if you're treating a stranger this way, how are you treating your family when they get mad at you or when they give you gentle feedback? The other thing I do is I take time in prayer and I ask God, you know, where, where in this debacle is it also my fault? You know, people forget to take some time to reflect on like, where are you accountable to some of these mistakes? And so I'll ask myself, And God, because the Holy Spirit will really tell you the insights of this. But I'll ask, like, where was I being impulsive or driven by fear? Where did I allow that to blindside me? Where did I not trust my gut? And why? Like, what was keeping me from trusting my gut? What was the lessons I could learn from this? What was something that God maybe wanted to teach me? I mean, nothing is wasted by God. You know there's a brilliant documentary out there and I don't know the name of it. I'll see if I can google it really quickly as I talk. Um but it's a documentary that that explains how the ecosystem all works together. It was so brilliant. Um I watched it one day on uh, on the plane to when I was flying to Alaska, I don't remember the name, and I can't seem to find it. But there was this brilliant man who just knew how like everything worked together, and how you needed to plant things in a certain way. And it was just so cool to see how nothing was wasted; like all of it was done naturally, and you know, through just using bugs and animals to recreate and rebirth the land. And it was really amazing. Um, to watch because you started to see that God really doesn't waste anything. So if he's not going to waste anything in nature and you're more precious to him, don't you think that he's going to um, make sure nothing's wasted in you as well? Okay, I tried to find that documentary, couldn't find it, and we're getting really long in today's episode. So I'm going to kind of move this along and I'm going to really encourage you to trust because here's the problem with low trust. It causes you to be pessimistic. And mindset is such an important component of life, especially if you want to grow and become the best person you want to be. And especially if you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you have to be optimistic. And it can be difficult. I understand, especially if you've got pain, you've got to, you got to do some work, but you can do it. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, Philippians 4.13. But let me just tell you some of the benefits, because at the end of the day, optimistic people get more opportunities than pessimists. So consider that for a second. But here are some of the awesome benefits of working on your trust score and developing an optimistic view. Again, opportunity of the optimist means they see setbacks and defeats as temporary. That means they're going to have more resilience. They're unfazed by defeat. They're going to be more persevering and persistent and have higher endurance They see difficult situations as challenges, right? It's an opportunity to grow. They focus on their effort and leverage their growth mindset. They live longer. They see misfortunes as a part of life, a result of other people's sin and bad luck, which happens. Uh, Optimism can totally raise your ability to achieve. It protects against depression, enhances your physical well-being. This is just some of them, totally only some of them at the end of the day. The other thing about optimists, the way that they think in their self-talk, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, is everything is temporary. One of my favorite mantras, and unfortunately, I think it is a little bit more of a Buddhist mantra, but I learned it in middle school, and it stayed with me ever since, is this too shall pass. Everything is going to end. Everything is going to change. Some things might take decades. Some things might take minutes. It's all going to be different. Nothing stays the same. Now, I want you to consider the alternative, the pain of a pessimism. Neuroscience, and even the Bible, Proverbs 23, 7, says this, that humans work to create their most dominant thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so he is. The defining characteristics of a pessimist is that they tend to visualize bad events will happen and last longer than necessary. Right then and there, they're a bit dramatic. Also, there's difficulty within these individuals controlling their moods because they are more prone to moodiness, irritability, procrastination, giving up, and just ultimately being overly frustrated. Of course, they give up more easily. They have very little resilience at the end of the day. You know, the slightest thing that goes wrong, they just frazzle themselves and just give up. They have a higher degree of depression. I mean, when you look through a lens of doom and gloom and everything sucks, I mean, don't get surprised when the Eeyore in you comes out, right? And Eeyore and the weaknesses, because Eeyore's got some great strengths too. Pessimism and fear-based prophecies are self-fulfilling too, believe it or not. You know, faith and fear are equal in substance. Neither one has happened yet. And when you start to give more weight to fear, you're in danger. Okay, we got to get you out of the kingdom of the devil and into the kingdom of God, right? Which is a faith-based kingdom. They also believe misfortunes are directly their fault. Do you hear the self-punishment in that? And they turn setbacks into disasters, catastrophizing and magnifying everything, right? It's just so exhausting at the end of the day. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to stay a pessimism if you don't want to. You can work on increasing your trust. Here are a few things that you can do. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Find reasons on why you can trust them. Figure out what's actually causing you to not trust people and do the work to get over it. Start to understand why you do what you do. You can apply to work with me one-on-one or you can wait for my boot camp challenge. It's called Liz's Optimism Boot Camp. It's going to be coming out here soon, hopefully, you know. This is a little bit like construction. Nothing ever goes as planned in the deadline world. But in the meantime, go ahead and rate my show. Let me know if you're liking it, what you want to hear more of. Let's have a conversation. And I am so rooting for you. I wish you the best. I hope you achieve everything you want in life, but I hope you don't lose sight of what's most important, which is Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, go ahead and create an amazing day because it's up to you.